What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host of the CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. We have been doing this every day since. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is Jason Lockin' Ford joining me as always, as he does on <laughs> Wednesday. Uh, so we started doing this podcast daily the week before the 2018 NFL Draft, and it has not missed a day since, Jason. Rain, sh- shine. Armageddon, sleet, snow, whatever, doesn't matter. I went on vacation for three weeks. It doesn't matter. It's every day. And uh, it's delivered to your inbox with the goodness uh, by 6 a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday, occasionally with bonus episodes when it calls for it. And uh, you should follow the Pick 6 Pod on Twitter, at Pick 6 Pod. Check out CBS Sports on Instagram as well. You can check out me on Instagram. I post these videos I do. Um, I'm, I got to do one today for a um, – Packers coaching candidates thing, but I, I last week I did one that it was like Aaron Rodgers just broke it, dun 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 dun, and like cool music. Uh, but I don't think I'm that wrong, and we're going to touch on that. Or I don't think I was that. Do wrong. you pick the music? Do you do you do you produce these things? No, as well? no, 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 no. The social team. I, I just do the voiceover. Oh, okay. And then they, gotcha. and then they, then they do the editing and all that. I thought and, maybe you were branching out, becoming a one man band. No, I, I, there's nothing I can else I can put on my plate. My plate looks like. A fat uncle at Thanksgiving, just jammed full of stuff. Um, it, it, it's like, like it, it's what Prisco thinks he does. Does that make sense? Right. Like, like I'm doing right. the level of work that Prisco thinks he does on a regular basis. Um, somebody, feel gotcha. free to, somebody in the office, feel free to tell him that. Uh, leave a rating and review on iTunes if you like the podcast. Uh, we appreciate that. We've got um, heading to the home stretch actually in the Pick Six Pod Pick'em League. I'm going to take a look at the standings here. We also have a podcast. Uh, the semifinals are coming up in each of those individual leagues, so we'll talk about those maybe later down the road. Jim ranking at 110 points. Adam Goldstein, 109. Jacob Roth, 109. Ronnie Ream, 109. And uh, those are the leaders right now in the Pick 6 pod pick'em league. So, uh, Ronnie Ream, I like that name. He sounds like, like, a, like a bearded, massive, left-handed reliever from the south or something dude i do like that's ronnie a, ream that's a good ronnie idea. ream coming out of the bullpen yeah. on gas and he's like he sprints out of the bullpen and then he, he throws nothing yeah yeah him. and he's like all intimidating yeah. and mangly and stuff yeah. yeah and he's got like a he's got a killer fastball and a and a occasionally devastating curveball that he that he doesn't like yeah yeah he's only a two-pitch guy yeah, there's d- no yeah, way right. does he have more than a two-pitch arsenal <laughs> right two-pitch hey it, it doesn't really like throwing the off-speed stuff either like mainly, no, like, he wants to give you chin music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ronnie Ream. Ronnie Ream. Yeah, he's growling on his baseball card and like, yeah, <laughs> oh, throwing used up skull at somebody. Yeah, <laughs> Ronnie Ream. Man, I hope Ronnie Ream wins this. Uh, Go, Ronnie. We're that's, rooting for you. I think that's all from the uh, from. Do the... it for angry left-handed relievers everywhere. <laughs> uh, you know who else is bearded and looks like he could be a reliever? Mike McCarthy. Who's fired? Yeah, you know, I'll I'll go for that. Yeah. All right. So my first question to you is: Do you do you think the Packers disrespected Mike McCarthy in the tradition of Green Bay by yeah. firing their coach in the middle of the season? You know, I think we need to get over this a little bit um, and sort of rethink the way we consider certain things. Um, I, if you look at it through the lineage of Packers lore, then you're going to say, wow, this one sticks out like a sore thumb. This dude won 125 games and a Super Bowl and got whacked in December. Um, so, And they never do that. And then you could look at the history of Super Bowl winning coaches in general to be fired in season. But I would also say this sport has been late to embrace change and forward-thinking concepts and sort of a progressive mindset on a lot of levels. 
um, in terms of decision-making in front offices, decision-making in coaches. I mean, this is a league where um, those same Packers will probably give Jed Hughes and the people at Corn Ferry $500,000 plus to lead a coaching search that Mark Murphy should be able to do on his own. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of things that get done. Like this league will continue to rely on people like Charlie Cashley and Ernie Acorsi to recommend their buddies for jobs. You know what I mean? And they'll continue to get them. And then how effective do a lot of those, you know, couplings turn out to be ultimately over time? I mean, there's a lot of inefficiencies. Um, and sort of this is how we've always done it. Tradition, tradition! <laughs> well, okay. But, I mean, in two weeks from now, I think Mike McCarthy is going to be wrapping presents with his wife and going Christmas shopping and being around his family and fully engaged mind, body, and soul in a way he probably hasn't been in multiple decades. And he might be getting calls from his agent a couple times a day saying, bro, all right, let's talk a little bit more about this situation, that situation. Here's how I think I've got this staff lined up for you, that staff. Here's how we can start preparing for this injury. I think we could get $45 million here. I think we might be able to get 48 there. And all of a sudden, you've got five weeks to prepare for job interviews. You've got a little chance to recharge your battery. You have actual time, um, you know, time and, and space to sit back and contemplate, do I definitely want to coach right now? You know what I mean? You can really kind of get – at one with yourself and reconnect with your family and have a head start in preparing and game planning for your future. And you're not answering questions every week about when are they going to fire you. And then from the Packers side, what do I really think this was about? I think this was about their quarterback. I think they did not want their quarterback to have to answer four more weeks of, did you play, did everybody play hard enough for him? What's the vibe here? Can it be repaired? What should the new coach look like? Do you think they'll fire McCarthy in season? You know, that's their, ba- their baby. They don't want him dealing with that. And everybody knows the dynamic here. Like, this isn't about he doesn't use the running back enough. Like, he doesn't, but that's not what this is about. You know what I mean? This isn't about, like, you know, whether Petten was the best guy possible to run that defense or, oh, wow, they have had a lot of injuries on that side of the ball. This is about are we getting the maximum out of a guy who now makes $36 million a year in new money. So I think they wanted to avoid that. And I think they wanted to get a head start and let, you know, if they're using this search firm as I expect them to, to let that process get a jump start right now and to figure out what direction they're And they have somebody on staff in Joe Philbin who's one of their guys who's from that um, Packer family tree who's been a head coach before, who everybody there loves. So, I mean, I totally get it from both sides. I don't think it's this horrible disrespect. Um, you know, could they have – should you know – could they have not done it like immediately after the game and like put together a little montage for him first or something like that and then maybe done it on Monday? I guess, but now we're really kind of like getting down the cosmetic, you know, side of things. Like, I don't know that you, you got to go super crazy about optics and this and that. I mean, you're trying to win football games. As Mark Murphy said, this thing had run its course. I was reporting back in week four that people close to both those guys um, knew it was running its course and that there were very few. Um, situations in which they'd be working together again in 2019. And Mike McCarthy wasn't going to do a Band-Aid contract again, and they weren't going to offer a Band-Aid contract, and he was going to be gone. And in his heart, I think he knew that for a while. In his mind, from what people close to him have told me, he never quite came to grips with it. But trust me, the quarterback knew. Like, I'm not saying they told him we're firing this guy, but he's very aware. He's... uh, He's very savvy. He had to know which way the wind was blowing in that in that office just through body language and certain looks. And, and I mean, everybody. Like it was like 
this thing was coming to a close. It was just a matter of do they do it in season or do they do it the moment the season ends? So uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I can't get all worked up about it. I mean, I don't know that it's disrespectful. I think over time McCarthy might look back on it and say, you know what? That, that actually worked out well for me. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. He's like, if, if CBS were going to let me go or that, you know, like, like, I mean, just same setup, right? I'd rather them, if they knew they're going to do it, let me go in week 13. Don't make me, you know, like if, like if I'm getting paid through, through the, through the Super Bowl anyway, or through the week 17 right. or whatever it is, let me go ahead of time and let me go get, let me, let me go lay around and get paid or something like that. Uh, PSC, well, don't, don't, and after don't that future performance, that, I mean, from an offensive yeah. standpoint, that, that's the worst I've seen a healthy Rodgers look in forever. I mean, they just look disengaged, uh, disinterested. Um, I don't know. Rodgers looked, the word I used in my live column Sunday was I just thought he looked cavalier. He just looked like, eh, maybe this will work. Maybe it won't, but I'm going to throw it anyway. Like, there was a lot of Jake Cutler in his game. Mm. And that's not something I ever thought, like watching Aaron Rodgers in real time, I'd start thinking Jake Cutler. But some of his expressions, um, some of his sort of like wry smiles after a play went horribly off the rails. And it's, I, it can't always be the receivers every single time. I mean, I know it's a young group and, and yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, Adams has been there a long time. Cobb has been there a long time. Like, it's snowing. It's cold. Arizona's going to fire their first-year coach. It's Josh frickin' Rosen on the other sideline. You know what I mean? And you can't outdole him. Like, you're Aaron Rodgers, bro. Come yeah. on. Yeah, and like, I know Aaron Nagler of, um, you know, who, of, of Cheesehead TV, I mm-hmm. believe. He, he tweeted out a, uh, like a, a gif of Rodgers throwing this, uh, swing screen pass, I think to Aaron Jones or, you know, one of, one of those dudes on the, somebody on the outside and it's like he throws this fadeaway. Like he, he, the ball snapped and then he's just sort of on his back foot, like falling away. No, his footwork, like, I mean, he was throwing flat footed. Like, I'm just like, I mean, honestly, there's a part of me that was like, I don't know that this dude cares. Like, I think this guy is just ready to get the next pro in here. You know what I mean? And let, let's move on. Cause it's not relax. It's not, we got this. It's not chill. It was like, get this over with. Like, fast forward to January and let me find out who my next coach is. I mean, do you think that Aaron Rodgers thought it was possible that Mike McCarthy could be fired if they lost to the Cardinals? Cause that, I've, I've heard that conspiracy theory. I have no idea. I mean, I can't get in the guy's head. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm not the only one who watched that game and then rewatched part of it and was like, hmm. And then watched that press conference and they doth protest too much about Aaron knows nothing. Aaron, we tell Aaron nothing. Aaron's just another guy here. You know, he's lucky to wear the yellow and green. And, you know, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. There's people close to McCarthy who are wondering that. I'll put it that way. There's people close to McCarthy wonder if Aaron Rodgers laid wonder, down like, a little what bit. That was, you know, yeah, like what 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 was that? Like really, wow. that's the best we could do on that day. Like after Aaron, everybody's raving about the week of practice and we got our timing back and this or that. I mean, hmm. I don't know. Who like, knows? I have no idea. I mean, I, I I don't think that Aaron Rodgers tanked. Like I don't think he tanked, but oh. I do, I do think that Aaron Rodgers could have checked out and done a sloppy job. Like that's, yeah, you know, I that's... mean, it, it looked like, a, you know, sort of disengaged, disconnected, um, you know, kind of like, well, this might work and I'll try it, but he didn't seem to be a whole lot of conviction in his play. He did, look, he did look relieved after the game. Like he's like, ah, oh, you know, get these, get these questions over with now and then we'll just move on to, to Joe Philbin. Let me, I, I want to ask you, Jason, how this, um, 
And if you want to watch Jason on CBS Sports HQ, who have plenty more answers like this, CBS Sports HQ, of course, live streaming 24-7 network, uh, OTT. It's free. It's real news, real sports news for real sports fans. We got Sportsline every day, six to seven. Get you gambling information with Nick Costas and Eric Casillas. Uh, then noon to, uh, no, 11 to noon on Saturdays. It's the only way to prep for you. It'll be alive every, this is huge. It's very important for bowl season that you subscribe, that you sign up for Sportsline, uh, as well. That's a, Sportsline.com, but also watch Sportsline. Um, anyway, I'm curious what you think, Jason, about uh, the like the procedure involved here in this coaching search. Because you mentioned there'll be a like a search firm probably involved. I would think. I mean, I would think they would use Corn Ferry. Okay. I, I could be wrong. I don't know that for a fact, but I, I would think Jed Hughes would be involved in. This. Okay, but so Mark Murphy came out in his press conference, and the two things that struck me was one, he said that Brian Gutkunst, the GM, um, would would be involved, but would, but it will be Mark Murphy picking. This is Mark's show. Yeah. But yeah, this is Mark's show. Okay. I don't want to hear about the board. I don't want to hear about the trustees and you know what I mean? Like, and, and the whole like bureaucracy of this team without an owner. Mark, Mark Murphy's the acting owner. I mean, that's pretty clear. Right. I mean, like he's, he's got a GM reporting to him. He's got a coach reporting to him. He's got a, basically a quarterback reporting to him, right? I mean, it sounds like, and I think, did you, maybe you wrote this, but, Mark Murphy's much more involved in the roster construction type of stuff that might be going on or, or that. I, I think Mark Murphy is involved in whatever he wants to be involved in. I mean, he set up this new front office paradigm. Russ Ball is known in that office as very much his guy. Russ is sort of the contract numbers guy. He now has a young GM who he kind of, you know, groomed or watched be groomed up through their ranks. And he set up this sort of dual shop there. And they both basically report to him. And now he's going to be running the coaching search. So, I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of question there. Like, it's you know, in the same person. way that, like, I mean, if we really want to, like, get bogged down on, like, Doug Williams in Washington, I mean, you can, but it's, you know what I mean? It's Bruce out. Like, nothing's happening in that building that Bruce doesn't want to happen and that Dan doesn't want to happen. You know, in this case, Green Bay, for the Green Bay Packers, when I size up their decisions, and, and, you know, what worked and what didn't. I mean, am I going to give Mark Murphy credit or blame for every single free agent, you know, signing that doesn't work for the seventh-round pick and yada, yada, yada? No, but uh, the buck stops with him. No, Jimmy Graham's not getting signed unless Mark Murphy approves. Right. Right. I mean, like, like, like Aaron Rodgers' contract is not happening without Mark Murphy approving. So with that in mind, yeah. how does – I mean, is – is this a good structure for finding a new coach? Because it strikes me as – I get that it works, but it, it seems like it's a little too heavy in terms – like, would there, would there be coaches like a Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels turned off by this structure? The idea that he's reporting to the CEO who uh, is theoretically just sort of a man of the people but is now sort of a despot in Green Bay. I mean, I'm, some people may have more questions about it than others. It's still the Green Bay Packers. You know, it's still tradition. It's still a history of success. It's still a place where if you win, they name streets after you. And you know what I mean? They remember you forever. And they've got Aaron Rodgers, you know. And they have been in the play. I mean, I know they haven't been, the last couple of years haven't been great. But, they've, they've, you know, they've been in the playoffs plenty. Um, so I, I, don't know that it's, I don't know that it's a great fit for Josh one way or the other, um, I, I don't. I don't know that that's the direction they want to go. I, I, I don't see that one. I could be misreading the situation. Just mm. the way I sort of size up 
things and read tea leaves. I, I don't know that I see that as a coupling. Um, but it's, it's a super attractive job. They're not going to have trouble getting the best and the brightest. The question becomes, what is the profile they're looking for? You know, do they want a McDaniels? Do they want a Harbaugh? Or are they looking for someone who is much more um, in line with what a McCarthy was 13 years ago, with what a, um, you know, uh, what a Holmgren was 25 years ago right. or whatever. You know what I mean? What a Mike Sherman was. I'll be very interested to see how this plays out. My my hunch is, my hunch is it's it's a, a, maybe a rising coordinator or maybe a younger college coach, somebody who who comes in and can be sort of seen as being somewhat malleable or adaptable to sort of the Packer way and how they're going to do business there. And I think there may be a sense of, well, man, we're paying this quarterback thirty six million a year. Do we really need a nine million dollar a year head coach too? You know what I mean? Like, shouldn't one buy us something of the other? You know, do we need to have a super, um, you know, uh, one of the highest paid staffs in the league as well when we're doing what we're doing in payroll and you know we're not the you know we don't have the revenue streams of the New York Giants or the Dallas Cowboys or whatever? I'll, I'll be interested to see how all that plays out. Um, my hunch is it's it's more of that second category than the first. So it's not going to be Urban Meyer to the Green Bay Packers. No, <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, uh, no. Urban Meyer, no, but he I needs to retire. He did. He no, he did. He did. He retired on Tuesday morning. Did you not see that? I mean, I saw that, but it's like he's retired before. Oh, right, right, I mean, right, 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 actually right, right, retired. Right, right, right. Like it's one thing to say I'm retiring after this ball game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you start doing a little bit of media, and then you find out just how much money's still out there for you, and you know. Whatever he needs to stay retired. He uh, he'll be he'll be coaching USC or uh, Notre Dame in two years. In a year, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean that's what I'm saying. Well, I'll, I'll believe he's retired when you know we actually go through a full calendar year with, with him not being involved in coaching. Yeah, I mean they basically held on to Urban in order to try and get squeeze one more national title title out of him in Ohio State. But I hope you guys feel good about that, Ohio State. Uh, all right, so. Unless you got, do you have, you don't have a name. You got a name that's on that second list, that second uh, tier, like a sneaky offensive coordinator. I know. I mean, anybody who pops out who might might be the Packers <laughs> guy. I mean, that's the thing. Like, right. Good luck this year. I mean, maybe maybe Zach Taylor. You know, he's the Sean McVay assistant who people are sort of getting the sense of that's the guy who he could he would least like to lose. You know what I mean? Like this is not a Matt Lafleur situation. Like this would maybe impact them a little bit more than that. Um, that, that, you know, he, he, he's, his profile, the fact he's called games before, he's been in multiple organizations, he's learned under some really good coaches, he's coached through adversity, like in Miami, where, you know, he has to take over in the middle of the season as a young guy and start running the offense. Um, he, he's, you know, really good coaching family, very well organized kid, mature beyond his, I say kid, 36, I can't call him a kid, you know, mature beyond his years. Four years um, older, four years older than McVay. It's ridiculous. Yeah, right. So, you know, I think that would be interesting to them, but they have to also weigh, like, is, you know, Aaron's going to challenge you every single day, and if you don't know your stuff infinitely more than he knows it, you're going to be exposed, and that's not going to work either. So we'll see how the dynamics play out, but he's one name, you know, that that comes to mind. Um there's not. I mean, there, there's not a, a, a deep well. You know, do they do they look at a Matt Campbell at Iowa State? Do they look at 
you know, somebody else in the college ranks who they think might be a good fit if they are going to incorporate, you know, very different ideas and concepts than what they've been doing the last few years at the senses that that stuff got stale. Um, I have a hard time believing that. Um, do I think they're going to bring Aaron Rodgers in for two hours and grill him and put him on a whiteboard and, and have him tell him exactly what he wants in a head coach, hmm. and, you know, all that stuff? No. But are, are, there, are they going to have an idea of what he thinks, you know, is required to get this thing back where it needs to go and what excites him about offensive football that, you know, in other teams and when they play opponents or they watch film, what stands out to him? I have a hard time thinking they're not going to know that. If 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 not conveyed directly by the player, then conveyed by people very close to him. Okay. Aaron Rodgers will be out there picking the next head coach. Now he won't do that. But he, I'm not he, saying he, that at he, all. He won't be involved. I'm not saying that. He won't be involved. Sure, he won't. He, he won't have input. On interviews, he's, they're not going to be like videotaping the interviews and then he watches it and gives a thumb up or a thumb down. Right. But I think they're going to have a pretty decent thumbnail sketch that they will have gleaned one way or the other as to where that quarterback's mind is right now. They, because this hire, having him look like a $36 million man for three more years or four more years or five more years, or, you know what I mean, however, this, this, however long he can play at that high of a level, and to not come out of this like Bill Polian, you know what I mean, saying, man, I had Peyton for 15 years and I only won once. Like mm-hmm. that's, they're trying to avoid that at all costs. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that would be bad. That'd be not great, Bob. They need to win one. Um, let's go to, uh, I don't know where I was going next with that. Oh, the Carolina Panthers. We talked about this uh, a little bit with Brady Quinn on, on Monday, but I'm curious. You reported on Sunday, as you hinted, I mean, people who listen to the show, you, like, if you, if you listen, if you pay attention, you would have heard Jason say last week after I mentioned that Ron Rivera, I was like, could Ron Rivera be on the hot seat? He said, ah, maybe something's coming of that on Sunday. You may, you reported on NFL today. You should watch that, uh, every day or every Sunday from, uh, noon until one right before kickoff on CBS. Tune into that. Uh, you reported that Ron Rivera could be on the hot seat with David Tepper potentially making changes with the Carolina Panthers. Carolina probably went out there and pooped their pants against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a road game they needed to win. They couldn't score against Tampa Bay, lost 21 to 14. And now it feels like Ron Rivera, who just fired a bunch of assistants, really is hurtling towards the hot seat. He's on the hot seat. Or he's hurtling, I mean, hurtling towards the unemployment we, we line. Can, like, yeah, I mean, we can couch it any way we want. And, uh, you know, I, I understand that people, you know, get bowed up when this kind of stuff is talked about. And it's not fun. But again, there's a third of the league that's contemplating some change or another. You know, I mean, like, I. Uh, there are legitimately 10 teams in a 32-team league that are considering on some level a coach or general manager change, or in many cases both. And Tepper's one of them. And when you fall off the rails like this and what you're doing in-game isn't working and what you're doing through the week to prepare for the game isn't working and you were hired as a defensive guy and the defense is falling apart, and I understand this particular game came through the four picks and that's a problem. But the defense, really, from the Pittsburgh game on, has been something of a disaster. And in that building, they can't figure quite figure it out. And when you pay two point five billion for a team, and you're fairly, you're well connected, and you've been around the Roonies for a long time, and you've been going to all these games as a minority owner, but a guy who everybody knew had the clout to buy any team he wanted, whenever he wanted, 
and everybody's telling you stay calm, stay calm, stay calm. And then you have a month like that, and people are like, eh, maybe trust your instincts. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to keep trying to talk you off the mountain. Like, you, you know what I mean? It is your baby. And, yeah, we didn't think they were going to be at this point right now either. And then that guy now is coaching, the like, literally fires two prominent members of the defensive staff and then takes over the defense. Like, yeah, he's coaching for his life. I mean, you can couch it some other way if you want. Like, I guess if we want to play word games and semantics. But, like, if things don't get better, more people are going to get fired. That's I, I don't know how else to put it. Well, Ron Rivera was asked about um, your report on a, co- a couple times, I think on Sunday after the game and on, on Monday morning. He's like, I'm not going to deal in sources. Uh, you know, and it's like, <laughs> but then it's like. It's the like, source is the owner, bro. Like, whatever. Like, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. But this, is, this has been, I mean, this has been brewing for a while. No. I waited a while to report it because I wanted that these same people who sort of are, you know, Tepper's taking their temperature on a regular, you know, quasi-regular basis, a weekly basis. Like, I wanted to make sure that this was trending strongly in a direction before I did anything with it. Mm. And it was, trend- it was trending in a strongly in a direction. All right, so, and, well, you know. so when you say, like, this has been brewing for a while, even at, like, six and two, the pain, you know, everything's his, fine. His content. I mean, his, his sense of this is not what we're getting – for three hours on Sunday should be better than this. That that had been, you know. Is it is it mostly is it mostly the the coaching staff? Is it the front office too? Like what? How does this play out for I mean, Marty Herney? I Herndy? think if you're if you're if look, I think if you make a coaching change at this point, you're you're probably open to anything. You know, I mean, sure. he's going to try to get the best guy he can get, and the the that will be the most attractive job. I I don't know if I could say by far, but I I do believe that. To a lot of coaches, that's maybe even a better job than Green. Day. Wow! Because he's something of a blank slate, you know. Everything you were talking about about interpersonal dynamics and wow, this is kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like the numbers guy is this much power, and the GM has that much power, but the real, real boss is this the guy who, you know what I mean? If it works, gets all the credit, and if it doesn't, can maybe kind of step aside. And like, I, I don't know. Like, that's a really, that's a really, really good job. It, well, it, well, here's the other thing too. I was talking with some guys in um, Charlotte, like WFNZ. They were, had me on the radio, and they were like, "You know, how does this compare with the, you know, the Browns and the Packers?" And I mean, I agree with you. I think, it, I mean, I think it's it's right there, if if not better, because if you are if you're taking over, like if you wanted to come in and 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 build something like the Seahawks had, where you're a head coach who comes there and you pair, yes. and you pair yourself with a GM at the same time. David Tepper is yes. probably open to that. You have Cam Newton, who is a franchise quarterback. I've got concerns about his shoulder. He's hurt right now. I'll tell you that much. Um, but, yeah. but you know, you, you've got him for the next four years. And if you, you know, if you're a coach who can run, you know, modern offensive schemes, I think you can get the most out of Cam Newton. You got Christian McCaffrey there, Luke Keekley. There's plenty of talent. Um, you know, Charlotte is not a media yeah. market like New York or Philadelphia right. where you're going to be attacked. I mean, it's a good spot. A lot of these guys like living in the South. It's cheaper. You can raise your family well. It's a play, you know, very family friendly area. You could be kind of a rock star there, but not be swarmed, not have to deal with the stuff you would. And, you know, if you're talking about New York or some of these other jobs, um, I mean, Drew Brees has got a year or two left. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Atlanta's going to pay Matt Ryan $45 million just in 2019 to be, you know, the 11th or 12th best quarterback in the league. Like, all that's happening. You know what I mean? Tampa's going to fire their coach again. Uh, you're, you're, you know that this owner has the means and the competitive bet to be 
as aggressive as necessary to help you get better. Excuse, excuse me, it's something of a blank slate. You're going to be the first guy he hires. He's going to be very committed and wanting that to work. It's a super attractive job. Hmm. Super attractive. Interesting. That is uh, the Panthers better than the Packers. Would you, if you were, t- if you were picking one? I mean, to- I don't know. It, it, look, beauty is on the beholder. There is no one set list. You know what I mean? Like it's not the Ten Commandments. Like it's not going to be the same for everybody. Um, different coaches look at different things. Different guys care about geography more than others. Some guys are close to being empty nesters. Other guys are like, wow, if I had to pick up and move my family right now, and my daughter's got two more years of high school. Like it just it it it's all different calculus for everybody. But I can tell you, I'd be shocked if they're not in the top three on most guys' list. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. And, and top two. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something else about that job too. That's different than Green Bay. I think that the Carolina Panthers are closer to being a Super Bowl contender in terms of having a well-rounded roster than the Packers are. But I think that the Packers fans and the Packers management thinks that they are much closer. Like, yes. if you take that yeah. Green Bay job, you better be yeah. in the Expectations NFC. Expectations always play a big role. You better you you better plan on being in the NFC Championship game in the next three years. If not, Ooh, and Green Bay, maybe two. I mean, right. I, mean, uh, I, I wouldn't want to miss the playoffs in 2019 if I was the new Packers coach. That's my point. No, especially if they do go with the younger, malleable, cheaper, you know, yeah. mode. Right. Um, <laughs> those guys are easy to fire, too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, look, I think the Panthers, I think Marty's done a good job. I think, I think the roster is better than I what we've seen the last you know, four weeks during this, this collapse. And, I mean, I don't know if, you know, if Ian Thomas can develop as a move tight end, great. I mean, if I, I you know, if you add a, a, you know, a, a better, you know, whatever, a, a, a more, like, I love Greg Olson, but let's be real, he's not separating at this point in time. You know, I mean, if you add a, a, a tight end who can stretch the field to what they already have there and you draft up the secondary, I mean, yeah, I don't think you're, you know, I don't I don't I don't think you're years away from competing. I mean, I yeah. think you're you're pretty much there. Uh, you know, Greg Olson, keep the quarterback healthy. I think you're there. Greg Olson not going anywhere next year with his 20 Yeah, and now obviously with this injury, yeah. I mean, I I would think he'd be in the booth somewhere next year and he'll be oh. he'll be amazing. By Actually, the way. Yeah, no, no, he'll no. be So, I wait, so what happens if he retires do the Panthers take his dead cap money? What or does he just he just leaves and he doesn't get his money, right? Yeah, no, I, I, they're still on acceleration. I don't know how much of his bonuses have been off the top of my head. How much you know remaining? Um, they would get, they would get they would get some cap relief. Proration he has. They would yeah, get some cap I, relief. He's not gonna, it's, they'll, they'll, they'll be fine, okay. dude. All that matters with the, with the Carolina Panthers is how deep the pockets are. The owner mm-hmm. cash rules cap. You can, right, right, right. you can, you can, you can go over the cap any year you want, as long as you're willing to just com- to take those bonuses, give it to guys in real time, and keep shifting money around. Right. Like cap's never going to be a problem. Well, with Tepper. well I wouldn't I, worry about that. No, I wouldn't really worry about so much the cap space. Is like is because I think when you look at the Panthers, if I'm David Tepper, and I'm not saying that he wants to blow it all up and he's trying to change everything, but you know, there's just been, been this ingrained culture that Jerry Richardson built there in Carolina for a long time. And there's an opportunity here if the Panthers struggle down the stretch 
to maybe reboot things a little bit in your own image. You know, you could, you could change out the coaches. You could get a young, offensive, aggressive mind. Somebody even, hell, go get John Harbaugh. Tell him to hire an offensive coordinator or something like that. Um, you know, you could, uh, you could put a GM who's analytically inclined in place or put some analytics guys around Marty Herney. I mean, Marty Herney's was. What about, what about Josh McDaniels and Nick Casario? <laughs> I mean that would that would you get, don't, I mean why would that job not interest both of those guys? Josh McDaniels or Cam Newton is would be awesome to watch. I mean and DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey you know, and Christian McCaffrey and then I'm saying you I think Ian Thomas could be all right but whatever you fold the tight end into that as well like okay good luck holding them below forty points most weeks yeah, you know and yeah. you get a little better on the back end I mean that's I mean and Harbaugh would Harbaugh want I mean if I'm John Harbaugh yeah let me go. Yeah. Let, me, let me let me out of this. Let's let's do that mutual parting of the ways. Let me go get fifty five million from Tepper, and let me let me let let's go let's go di- you know let's dive in. Let's go. No, no, that's I mean, what I'm saying. I think I think that the, I agree. They'll have their that, that, that job will be well, but very attractive. Well, and too, the other thing with Olson that I was kind of thinking is like Ryan Khalil, the longtime center, former you know second round pick, and Thomas Davis, longtime linebacker, former first round pick. Both of those guys yeah. are unsigned heading into 2019, yeah. and I think that. Uh, under old under old ownership, they would be given golden parachute contracts. Like they would just be Probably. extended until they were ready to be done. And I don't think that David right. Tepper is going to sign off on giving them contracts, given their age and, and the team struggles. That's just so. Yeah, no, that they'll be they'll be look some of the face of the franchise, and those those guys were you know pillars and, and tremendous in the community, and you know especially Olson and um. Davis, you know, to keep coming back from injury, to do what they've sort of done is not, um, it's not easy. It's not replicable everywhere. It's not, um, it shouldn't be taken for granted to any degree, but yeah, it's a, it's a cold, hard business. You know what I mean? And again, he's coming from the Steelers model, which is, you know, Hey, Mike Wallace, you got to go. We got Antonio Brown yep. now. You know what I mean? Hey, you know, Harrison, it's been great. Here's Bud Dupree. See ya. You know what I mean? Go play for Belichick in December. Do what you got to do. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, it's just like that's how it is sometimes. Yep. No, I mean, they, I mean, that's the smart way to do it. All right. Let's talk some, uh, oh yeah. Kareem Hunt. Let's talk a little bit of Kareem Hunt very quickly. Kareem Hunt, of course, involved in a horror, you know, the video emerges on Friday. Um, one, I'm curious your thought, like what, because you know you've talked to people around the league, what what can the NFL do to make this not happen again? I mean, they can't stop guys from committing heinous acts. They can, however, you know, maybe put they something. They can buy videotapes. They can outbid TMZ. Right. I mean, okay. They okay. could do that. I, you I, could call. You could call the particulars involved, and at least have a conversation with them. You know, you could at least bring him to New York and make him sit down and get him on the record with. Troy Vincent or Roger Goodell or at least the head of NFL security, you know, you could do that. Like, if you want to call it an investigation, you could investigate. I mean. Because they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. None of that. I mean, they call. I mean, look, they, they obviously made some phone calls. They reached out to the police department. Yeah, we don't have to help you. We don't really want to help you. You know, no thanks. And they reached out to the hotel. Like, Hmm. Should we give it to whoever has is privy to it, or whoever is even allowed to sell it? And that's the other thing: is everybody who's selling it doing it legally? Maybe yes, maybe no. But I don't recall a whole lot of lawsuits. Do you about TMZ getting sued because they got the Ray Rice tape? You know what I mean? I don't recall anything like that. Um, but regardless, give it to the NFL. 
or sell it to TMZ. I mean, gee, wow, that's a tough call. Right, I mean, right, right, right. And even if we give it to you, do we even trust what you're going to do with it? I mean, given the NFL's reputation right now, especially when it comes to this. So that's what they're up against. And, you know, and, and, and the victims in these cases or the alleged victims in these cases, they don't, they don't need to talk. They don't owe anything to the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, they're trying to move on with their lives. They have their, you know, they've been shattered. They, they've got their own well-being to take care of. Like, some investigator who I don't know cold calling me to ask me what happened to me. You know what I mean? Like, who are you? You're just a business like anybody else. I don't owe you anything, you know? But do I really think you even care? I mean, like, so no, you're not. And then you think his buddies are going to be like, oh, yeah, let me give you the real scoop. You know, like, no. So if the government can't handle this issue. We as a country are a failure dealing with this issue from the moment police arrive on the scene to which cases get prosecuted and which don't to the fact that prosecutors and, and district attorneys have to know that, if I if I even go forward with this, it's first time you know it's the it's a first time uh, offense. It's going to be probation before judgment, or it's going to be a really light sentence. And I only have so many hours in the day, and I only have so many resources. You know what I mean? And they're going to have a really good legal team. Like it's all that stuff. Like it's it's ugly, it's sorted, it's messy, it's complicated. And we as a society and a government and law enforcement do an absolutely crappy job of assessing it and adjudicating it. You think the, so the NFL, but the NFL is going to be able to do it. I mean, come on on the side, right. Lisa Friel, come on. No, I mean, I, if you are going to go that route post Ray Rice, then you need to at least call the people. You, you need to at least have had some meaningful discussion with Kareem Hunt about it. And it needed to be more than just, you know, a quick phone call. And anytime there's allegations like this, and let's be honest, we get, we get overboard. I should say overboard. But we get caught up in the minutia of it, and, and we, we break it down on any, every level when it happens. But it's not like this is happening every day. You know what I mean? And it's a six-month offseason, and this happened in February. Right. Like, there was no reason why he couldn't have got a call saying, here, you're going to be, you know, we want to find out a little more about this. Whether you were charged or not, you know, there's a police report. It happened in a public hallway. There's a pretty good chance there's video out there, whether we get it or not. And that video might come out one day, Kareem Hunt. So let's have you come in for a couple hours and tell us everything that happened on that night. And then we'll see, you know what I mean? And we'll let the chips fall where they may. Because you're right. We can't compel people to talk to us. And maybe we don't want to outbid TMZ for the video. But these things are never quite really closed, are they? No. I mean, something new could come to light at any point. So let's at least do our due diligence the best we can to try to get ahead of it. And that absolutely didn't happen here. I don't understand why the, I mean, I think that the NFL is doing it itself a disservice consistently by not a being proactive and by B not being more transparent with this stuff. And I understand their legal concerns and their union versus management concerns, but if it's me, I mean, first of all, the, go talk to Kareem Hunt. I mean, that has to be, you can't take the chief's word just because they're you taking can't call it an investigation without doing that yourself. Right. Like, right. Right. You right. That, I mean, that, that by that, that, that that's a, especially when, and I understand again, that these are different scenarios, but when you take Tom Brady and I understand that they didn't take him to the Supreme court over his testimony, but when you take Tom Brady to the Supreme court and then you don't even, call Kareem Hunt. It's just the optics to the general fan and the general public look terrible and it looks like you don't care about domestic violence. Now, I will say this. They should have talked to Kareem Hunt and then in my opinion, I don't, I don't know if they can do this, but they should have issued, like, issue a statement that says, we've spoken with Kareem Hunt. Here's sort of, our investigation is complete. 
we are unable to acquire a videotape that the hotel has that the hotel won't give us. We tried to get it. We can't get it. That's here's our like lay it out there and let people know so that way they're not caught by surprise when this videotape pops up and and then it's then it's like because everybody thinks this is some vast conspiracy by Roger Goodell to not get the videotape. It's that's not the case, but it just looks bad. Like they don't understand proactive optics at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure legally there's some line where they can only say so much or not so. I mean, I, sure, yeah, but right. but what they're doing isn't. It, it's it's not working for the league. It's not working for the teams directly involved in these instances. It's not working for the teams that aren't involved in it. You know what I mean? Who <laughs> are like, you know, saying, wait a minute. You know, this is week 13. We're getting ready for the playoff push. And and the, the major narrative in the NF in the league right now is not anything on the field, but the fact that the league never even talked to Kareem. You know what it's, I mean? It's like crazy. it's like it's crazy. It's crazy. Like that. If if they had just talked to him in March or April or May or June or, or August, then when this tape comes out, then you have the press release ready to say we are relaunching the investigation. Here's what we did in the original investigation. Here's a synopsis of the version of events that were told to us by Kareem Hunt. We can corroborate and validate that he also said similar things to the Chiefs, none of which appear true or most of which do not appear true given the emergence of this video, which we tried to obtain. And, you know, he's on the commissioner's exempt list and, you know, discipline will be forthcoming in 2019. Yeah. I mean that's better than this. Yep. I mean nothing's going to be perfect and and it's it's I mean it is it is an it's it's an issue that it's it's so hard to get to the bottom of because I mean if you don't understand why victims don't want to come forward and mm. you don't want to understand why you don't understand why all these so many cases are dropped or you know, the victim decides not to show up in court. Like, if you feel like nobody's going to believe you no matter what, then at a certain point you might just want to stop with what you consider to be a humiliating process and just try to move on with your life otherwise. As much as you want, you know, you would want to see some semblance of justice, as much as you would want to see this person pay for their crimes, A, it's someone that in many cases, this, I'm not speaking to Kareem Hunt, but in many cases, because to me that's, that's not, this is just an assault of a female. This is not a domestic violence case. But when it is a truly domestic violence case, there, there's, you know, often children involved. You spent considerable amount of time with this person. You've shared your life with this person. You do still love them on a certain level. Um, it, it, it's, it's a lot to sort out and, and compartmentalize as a human being going through it alone. Having that person's employer blowing up your phone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Investigators who, if you Google them, you just Google their names or Google NFL investigation. Not much shows up that makes you think, yeah, I really want to, you know what I mean? Right, I really want right. to take part in this. You know what I mean? And like, how did it work out? How did that work out for Janae Rice? You know what I mean? And did that really help the process at all? Like, I, I mean, this is why, I mean, you know, if, if, and, and if ultimately the threshold is, well, it's got to be on tape, you know what I mean? Then, then. Yeah, you know, that's a problem. You have to have compassion for for what these women are going through. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the bottom line is nothing was done in this case, and certainly not much was done in the Ray Rice case until the video emerged months later. And that, I mean, that speaks to the problem. Like, you, you know, if, if you need... People right. forget, he was going back on the field. Like, 
he was coming off the two-game suspension. Ray Rice, yes. He yes, was yeah, about yeah, yeah. to play, and I got news for you. That's the year I think Justin Forsett ran for like 1,450 yards. Yep. Ray Rice might have gone for 1,800. Like, he was in his best shape ever. The labrum and all the hip stuff he dealt with the year before was over. Oh, he was over the hill. He was 27 years old, bro. And they were dying to get him back on the field because he'd been great at camp. And, you know, he and Janae were going to get married. And, like, they were moving forward. And then the tape came out. And he ne- like that was it. It was that, you know. Hey, never. Within by the end of the day, right? He's off the team and thrown out of the league and suspended indefinitely. And we create and concoct this. You know, we now use an exempt list this way, and and that was that. Right. But, but up until that point, he was a you know he was about to he was about to play football. Yeah, and the crazy thing is. I mean, again, it's just unbelievable. Like the NFL, you know, Roger Goodell gets up there in that press conference where Rachel Nichols hawks him down, and he's like, "We're we're making changes. Uh, everything will be different moving forward. We prepare to to really, you know, uh, you know, stand up for victims." And uh, it's like, all right, now the heat is. It's like as soon as the heat dies down, the exact same. I mean, yeah, it's the same thing happens. It's anyway, but we we don't need to launch into a hypocritical uh, tirade against the NFL or a tirade against the, the hypocritical NFL. Um, I want to get your take on some playoff stuff? Like that shift gears, really slam breaks and to turn. Yeah, that off. was that was a hell of a transition <laughs> there. Bro. Oh, actually, I do. Do you think Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt's went unclaimed on waivers? Um, does he? When is the next time that he's on a roster? Because I have a hard time believing, believing given his age, given his skill set, uh, given. No, know, he's going to play football again. Yeah, I mean, right, right. unless look, unless like between now and. OTAs like three more videos. You know what I mean? Right, like right, right, three right. more videotapes come out. He does. He does whatever. have. He does have more incidents they're looking at, and it's. Yeah. I, I think it's likely that he gets an eight-game suspension. Maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, it could be eight. It could be ten. But then there'll be the appeal, and will it come back down to six or whatever? I mean, remember, didn't they give Greg Hardy like ten originally? Yeah, and then it came way back down. So do the came down to like four. Do the does a team sign him or? Because like he can't serve his suspension until he's signed, that's the thing, right? Like he can't missing the rest of this season does not count as serving the suspension. No, no, the suspension won't come out until 2019, and yeah. he'll serve that. You know, and that suspension will. I mean, he, I, I, he'll be signed at some point in the off season, whether it's January to a futures contract or something like that. Somebody will get him in their building. They can start rehabbing him. They can start having their counselors and therapists work with him. They can get him on a program. Um, you know, and they could have him be a part of their off-season workouts. Um, so I, 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 unless more stuff surfaces, I mean, and there were teams that really seriously thought about claiming him on waivers. If if Reuben Foster isn't claimed by the Redskins, does Kareem Hunt get claimed? Probably, mm. you know, pro- probably, maybe. Um, How many teams do you think wanted to claim him? Just you know, general number. I mean, teams who, like, if they thought it wouldn't be a PR debacle? Yeah. 30, 30, there'd be a lot of teams. I mean, again, I'm still a little – I'm still surprised he didn't get claimed, to be honest with you. I understand. And I think had, like, these, this other tape not come out – you know what I mean? Like, I, I think if, if things had gone a little differently, maybe he – maybe he still – maybe he still would have been – but I think he's playing football in 2019, assuming that he isn't suspended the entire year. You know, at this point, I mean, maybe you try to sign him in January to a futures contract, 
Or maybe you just wait to find out, you know what I mean? And whenever February, March, whenever the league announces, you know, whatever his punishment turns out to be, um, maybe you wait until after then. But this won't be a Ray. I'm convinced this will not be a Ray Rice situation. Again, unless he does something else or unless something. Knowing what we know now about this situation, he's going to be on somebody's roster in 2019. Mm, That actually, uh, it makes sense. I mean, look, the, NFL is talent above talent above. You get if you're talented, you're going to get chances to keep playing football. Um, all right, quickly, who is the winner of the AFC North? I asked Brady Quinn this yesterday. I'm curious what you think now. It's still the Steelers, I think it's still the Steelers. Um, you know, the Ravens now. I mean, the one thing is the Ravens don't play. I mean, they, they, the Chiefs can't play a lick of defense, nope. and they can't. They're the worst. You know, if you put a lot of the metrics together, they'll tell you they're the worst run-stopping team in the NFL. And the Ravens, the last three weeks, are far and away the best rushing team in the NFL. But I still don't think they can win at Arrowhead as presently constructed. I don't think what they're doing with Lamar is enough to overcome the talent gap between them and the Chiefs and them and the Chargers and maybe even them and the Browns. So I, I, I don't think Baltimore does any better than 2-2 two and two mm. down the stretch. So... I don't think they catch Pittsburgh, but um, it's certainly way more interesting than I ever would have thought a month ago. Um, you know, I thought Baltimore would, would have a much better shot to win games if they just went, you know, fully over to the Lamar model. And I'm absolutely been absolutely correct about that. I just didn't think the Steelers were going to lose those two games. Right. You know, and especially the way they did. I mean, they really should have beat the you know the Broncos and the Chargers. They should have clinched that division. I mean, they really should have basically clinched that division. There's no chance that if the Steelers miss the playoffs, they're still on the table. I don't think it's likely. I mean, they have, they do have to play uh, New England. They have Cincinnati. Uh, excuse me. They have coming up. They have Oakland on the road. They should win. They should. They better win that game. They uh, have to win that. Half, yeah, I mean, they, win. And, uh, I mean, they, they have to. They they'll, they're going to win that game. But that's eh, yeah, one of those games that they might. Not show up for in, in full, right? Uh, you know, full full gusto with the Patriots on deck the next week uh, at New Orleans. Tough game after New England at home, and then Cincinnati yeah. at home to close out. Two and two should be worst case for for the Steelers if they somehow miss the playoffs. Is there any chance Mike Tomlin would be on the hot seat? Uh, I probably. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. His record is so good in the regular season. It's so. I good. don't. I, I don't see it happening. I mean. They're beating the. I mean, all they got to do is beat the Raiders and the Bengals. I have a hard time thinking because again, I just don't. I don't. I don't think right. the Ravens can go three and one. Right. If you beat if if the you, Ra- yeah. look, if the Ravens beat Kansas City, then like, okay. Do I still think they're going out two weeks after that and beating the Chargers? No. no. Um, but they should be able to run it all over Tampa. I, I, I think the Chargers and Browns defenses will be significant issues for them. I think so too. So I, I, I think Pittsburgh still wins that division. Um, I do, and they usually tend when the when things get like they just they're they're kind of they've become like Ben right like he he kind of for years has needed this stuff to happen like this drama <laughs> he needs you know, to be, he needs to be hurt created or otherwise yeah. <laughs> right to get him to get him going again and now they seem to be the same way like every six weeks. There's got to be, you know, Ben A.B. drama or this coordinator's crap in the bed drama. You know what I mean? Why are we running the ball enough drama? Why did they draft Mason Rudolph drama? Like, there's just got to be something 
to get them regalvanized. You know, last year was the whole handsome thing. I mean, there's always something. Yeah. And you know, these this last eight day period, I think probably has kicked them in the butt enough again to where now, like they can't get all that back. And you know, they're probably not getting the buy now. But I still think they win that division. What you need to do if you're the Steelers is avoid that fifth seed because it's probably going to be the Chargers. It's either going to be the Chargers or the Chiefs in that fifth seed, and that's a nightmare scenario. If you're, yeah, that's if that's, you're the you yeah. don't if you're the fourth seed, you are dealing with either Philip Rivers or Patrick Mahomes coming to your town for Wild Card Weekend. Um, I, I do. I here's my bold prediction, Jason, is that the Ravens beat the Chiefs, the Chargers beat the Bengals by thirty plus points. And then that sets up a Thursday night week 15 game uh, in Kansas City, Chargers versus Chiefs, and everybody's on the Chargers. And then the Chargers do like have some horrible meltdown in the fourth quarter. Charge it up. Interesting. Um, Any chance the Chargers look, beat the Chiefs? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a chance. I mean, the first time they played was week one. It was obviously a very different scenario. You know what I mean? Bosa's out. Um, you know, the Chargers are just figuring some stuff out. We'll have to see about Melvin Gordon. You know what I mean? Will he be back by that game? You know, there's certainly a chance. Um, yeah, look, we both picked the Chargers at the beginning of the year to go pretty far. And um, I, I thought they'd win that division. I thought Mahomes would be really good. I didn't think he'd be, you know like the greatest first-year quarterback season in the history of the NFL. <laughs> right. But that's what it's been. Um, but, look, this Kareem Hunt thing is, I mean, that's a that's a big loss. Like, yeah. it, it, yeah, is. it is. Like, it's it's not nearly as devastating as losing a quarterback or in their particular offense, you know, Kelsey. But it's it's big. Um, we'll see what Eric Berry gives them. I would think Eric Berry plays this week. You know, and then get get his legs under him a little bit before that Chargers game. You know, the Chargers are still holding out hope, I guess, for for um, Hunter Henry. We'll have to see how that plays out. But Bosa is certainly rounding back into form. It would be a heck of a game. I mean, that that might be the two best teams in the AFC. There's a lot of a lot of talent on that field, even with the injuries and and uh, you know, in, in Hunt's case, the suspension or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's tough. I mean. It, it's Arrowhead. I mean, that, that place is, is legit. Uh, who knows what the weather would be like? I mean, with it being the Chargers, it'll probably be like, you know, 27 degrees below zero, right? So <laughs> that game, like that's, you know, it'll be an ice storm and then like a hail storm and then like geysers opening up all over the field or something. Yeah, that's probably right. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll talk NFC later, unless you want to make a prediction about who wins the NFC East and NFC North very quickly. I think the Bears win the North, um, and I, I'm, I'll still go with the Cowboys in the East. But th- there could be two wild – like, I never would have thought there'd be two teams out of the East, and they're, they're very well could be. Um, Seattle is getting one of the wild card spots. Seattle, yeah, Seattle's getting one of the wild cards. Yeah, Seattle is – I mean – The second wild card, you know what I mean? It could be Philadelphia. It certainly could be. They're, they're six and six now, um, just a half a game back in Minnesota. And if they don't, those teams don't play, but Minnesota's at Seattle, Miami at Detroit, and then Chicago at home. Uh, is there any? I mean, Minnesota's like, do they win one, lose one, win one, lose? I mean, like, that's just sort of, I'm just resigned to the fact that that's, that's who they are. And I just saw this stat. We did NFL Monday. Yeah, on CBS Sports Network. You teams that have a winning record when he plays them. 
yeah. is four and twenty-three. Kirk Cousins. Yes, yes. in his career, games in which the team he's facing has a winning record, four and twenty-three. That is terrible. Yeah, that's Matthew Stafford like. Yeah, the, like the, I'm trying to think of the other quarterbacks who are on the list. Fitzpatrick had the worst winning percentage; it was like one twelve, and then Stafford was like seven and fifty-three. He was like one eighty-eight, and then. Cousins was like 194 or whatever, and there was somebody else who was in that mix. Blaine Gabbert was on that board, and then there was – I'm forgetting – I think I'm forgetting one guy. That's bad. Um, it's bad. But, yeah, that's fairly staggering, you know? Um, and I just think Seattle will, will stick with the run. I mean, they're, they're going to possess the ball. I, I, I think that's a tough gig for, for the Vikings, and they lose that one. They're, they're – they are. They are. In they trouble. really have the, the door is really wide open for Philadelphia for the loser. You know, whoever doesn't win between Philadelphia and Dallas, to you know, to have an inside track on a wild card. I just want to point out that the Green Bay Packers have the Falcons at the Bears, at the Jets, and then the Lions at home. Their final four weeks. I don't think they're a good team. Don't think that uh, Aaron Rodgers is playing very well. But uh, eight seven one eight Packers at eight seven one would be interesting. That's all I'm saying. Be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 we'll see what this brings out in them. I, I, I bet frankly, they frankly don't have very high hopes. You know, I, I don't, I don't think this is going to all of a sudden like turn them into some sort of uh, <laughs> some sort of magical, you know, uh, destructive force that you know is wrecking the Bears' season and you know finishes on this, <laughs> um, you know. Amazing upswing, and you know everybody rallies around Joe Philbin, and he gets the job. I don't think that's where this is going. I'm here for a gif of Joe Philbin turning into the uh, Incredible Hulk and in Packer Packer Green, Incredible Hulk, and smashing the city of Chicago. Sounds awesome. Uh, all right, let's get out of here. Jason Lockefeller, the best. Hi, buddy. Uh, always fun, man. You got it. I'll oh, talk to oh, you next week. wait, one more thing. Yo. Just so people know, so you know, because I bet you don't know. We're playing each other in the podcast. Uh, no, not in the podcast league. In the, um, in the I did see that email. I got. Yeah. I've had a buy for like three weeks. I, my yeah. fear is I'm going to totally forget to set my lineup, and you're going to crush me. This is your reminder. This is your only reminder yeah, for me. I guess I should do it early in the week <laughs> while I'm thinking of it before I, before yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I'll, let, I'll let you know. I'll let you know how the game turns out next Tuesday. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see. Have a good game. Likewise. I barely remember who's on my team. Like seriously, it's been like since week ten, I think, since I played it, since I set my lineup. It is. It's like Big Ben, OBJ, Kelsey, right? Um, Juju. You got a dangerous. I think I got Marlon Mack. Marlon Juju. Mack. It's a dangerous team. It's a dangerous team. I, I wish you the best of luck, sir. Yeah. Oh, Pittsburgh gets Oakland. Hmm. Oh boy, I'm screwed. <laughs> Baltimore can't. Baltimore can't handle tight ends. I got Kelsey. Yeah. Let's see. Who do you have? Who's on your team? Uh, my team is. Let me see who my team is. Where's this stupid league? You're, uh, what are you? are probably in like thirty leagues, so you can't. You don't know. What... Uh, Thirteen made the playoffs and eleven of them. No big deal. I got Philip Rivers. Wow. Philip Rivers, Dalvin Cook, Devonte Adams, Amari Cooper, Lamar Miller, and uh, Julian Edelman or Mark Ingram. Oh, that that should be a pretty close game. Yeah, it'd be a good game. It'll be it'll be a dogfight. Yeah. All right. Good luck with it. All right. Bye, buddy. Have a good week. Bye.